Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Come back to life, Dick Edward. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I think I feel like it's another ass comment, but Jason Jason just called you on your bluff and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Welcome to the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Aldwin. Aldwin, I have to say thank you as we start the show because you allowed us to start recording a little bit later so that I could watch some more tennis. I mean, did I really have a choice? (laughs) Uh, No, you didn't. And if this particular match had gone into a third set, we would have delayed a little bit longer. <laughs> Listen, you don't have to say thank you to me. I should be saying thank you to you because you're the one that's going to be editing and put a- putting everything together tonight. <laughs> that is very true because it is now 9.13 Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday and we put this mm-hmm. out in approximately, well, just under nine hours. So uh, once we're done recording, we have to upload, Jason has to edit, Jason has to do the episode description and put it on the Podbean. And we do this for the love of of our listeners (laughs) exactly and jason would like to have a little sleep tonight (laughs) yeah yeah because it's been busy as f but i am excited because we're doing a little something different so i'm going on vacants so Mm. you and i are are planning to pre-record something uh on thursday that's gonna air in a couple of weeks and it's a little different a little different flavor a little different just a different episode for us i think yeah we like to give you different looks different dimensions we're multi-faceted yeah like a serena serve (laughs) different analogy different looks (laughs) uh speaking of looks we want to thank our patrons patreon.com slash ready play tennis yeah, I just wanted to send a quick shout out to one of our IG followers. So our IG follower, Loquacious. Hi, Loquacious. It sounds like a model name. Loquacious. Yeah, it's one like a Is, one name. Like a like a um, Tyra. Yeah. Naomi. Yeah. Doesn't Loquacious mean that you like to chat a, a lot? Like Ooh. she's loquacious. Oh, it's an ad- right? It's an adjective. Ooh, I had an English degree. I should know. I thought that's what it meant. Anyway, I wasn't sure. But Loquacious, one of our IG followers, uh, reached out to us uh, into our DMs. And if you don't remember, last week, I expressed that I was having problems with Bruno finding a dog sitter. And never in my life would I have ever imagined that I'd be in a position to ask for help on a podcast and actually have someone offer their help (laughs) so thank you loquacious for offering to take bruno on a daily walk that's really sweet um i want you to keep all of your fingers (laughs) for now for now and uh when bruno settles in maybe we can revisit that idea i think it was very sweet because she's clearly an avid listener and she had Mm maybe listen to it on her way to work or something because it was the Wednesday morning when she messaged you and said, 
or messaged uh, the podcast and said, <laughs> I'll walk your dog, which is very sweet. I know. And immediately I asked her, girl, where, where are you at? Where are you from? And she's like, oh, I live in Toronto. I live in the hood, like in the Church Wellesley hood, which is literally where I live. Yeah. So I was surprised. Just to remind everyone, you know, we had a similar situation happen in the summer when uh, one of our listeners messaged us on Facebook and was like, hey, do you guys want to play tennis? And we're like, yeah, girl, let's do it. Let's get together. And she's like, okay, amazing. And I'm like, where are you at? She's like, I'm in Vancouver. I'm like, bitch, we're not flying to Vancouver to play tennis with you. Is that if that's what you thought? But maybe when we get we go there, we can hook up. I don't know. Yeah. Or if you're planning to fly us out there. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> well, that was very nice. But speaking of dogs and somebody who was in the doghouse this week, it's one of our, <laughs> our players this week's. So the person I was holding up the recording to watch is, I think, one of the main per- people we want to talk about, which is somebody you talked about last week, somebody mm. who's been playing really well, who's been in form, who pushed Tsitsipas to five sets and, you know... Uh, complained about his bathroom breaks and said that <laughs> it took him almost as long as it took Jeff Bezos to go to space. Uh, Andy Murray. <laughs> oh, I don't know where to start with Andy. I feel like Andy has been just taking over tennis headlines and news every day, every day. Mm-hmm. It's good because... He's a guy who sort of quietly exited from the big four and the big four became the big three again. Mm-hmm. And he sort of just went about his business, clearly cares a lot about the sport, works very hard, is very passionate on the court, um, is maybe elevating his own expectations about how well he can play and is paying off he's you know making it slowly deeper and into tournaments i mean he's he ended up losing in the third round today against Zverev, but played the best match he played of the tournament against a player who's completely in form uh especially the last three months having won the olympics and since he so yeah i just appreciate more his passion um his commitment his fight um, even when he's behind, always appreciated his ability to get to every ball. Some of the points in that match were unbelievable, especially mm-hmm. the match point where there was like six volleys at the net um, and he ended the match missing the final volley. But uh, kudos to Andy. I teased that saying he was in the doghouse. He was in the doghouse because he lost his ring. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have more information on that story. Yeah, I mean, opening the segment with Andy, you know, yes, kudos to Andy for playing such a great tournament. He's still kind of trying to find his form, regain his form that brought him to a couple of Wimbledon titles. Actually, no, a couple of Olympic gold medals. And two two Wimbledons, yeah. Okay, so, so two Wimbledons. And, you know, I hearken back to our post on IG. We haven't seen the last of Andy Murray. I mean, here we are this entire 2021 season talking about a new big three. But Andy is making it very clear in his play and in his attitude that we should not erase him from the equation. 
Now, going back to <laughs> why Andy was in the doghouse, I just thought it was a funny. I just thought it was a funny story. I mean, he was practicing for Indian Wells. He admitted that the sneakers that he was practicing in just reeked to death. They were disgusting, <laughs> gross. Yeah. And if I am not mistaken, in the news story, it said that he aired out his sneakers by placing them under his car. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. And the thing that I didn't know about Andy was he keeps his wedding ring um, looped through one of the laces of his sneaker, which I think is just so cute. It's cute and then ridiculous and stupid at the same time when you're drawing them out under your car. (laughs) (laughs) And when he came back to retrieve his shoes, his shoes were gone. And so it just became a huge spectacle spectacle he went on social media asking for people's help be like someone bring my shoes back i have my wedding ring attached (laughs) his wife was kind of chill about it according to him but then someone brought his shoes back eventually after he had threatened he was going to go to to the police about it (laughs) (laughs) it's always an awkward situation for the person who brings them back because he's probably thinking you're the person who stole it yeah, like, is the person that stole it, like, if you were the person that stole his shoes, w- would you bring them back or put them, like, put them in a box and mail them back? Would you go back to the front desk and be like, hey, man, it was me? Like, what would you <laughs> What would you do? <laughs> Did the car get moved? Is that how the shoes were exposed? Or the car, like, <laughs> it's such a whole thing. But I did see the Insta story that he shared uh it was very funny he acknowledged how dumb it was to have done that and kept his <laughs> ring on there but he told the whole story of why he does that but he, he described his shoes as very like drenched i don't know that i've ever sweat that much playing tennis that my shoes are completely soaked I mean, we are also not ATP level <laughs> right. players. That's true. <laughs> so, you know, I imagine that ATP level players are just sweating from every possible orifice, including their toes, the glands in between their toes. Mm-hmm. So I don't doubt that his sneakers just were wretchedly, disgustingly smelly. Ratchad. <laughs> um, well, kudos to Andy. Um, <clears throat> he is sort of slowly building his way back. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think we've ever really talked about him as much on the show as we have right now, but it's mm-hmm. definitely well-deserved. And again, I appreciate just the effort that he puts in to get every ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely admire that, and I'm going to um, work towards that again when my knee recovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, I think we have to throw it into the equation at Vavrinka. When he recovers and he starts to work himself back into the game, Andy and Stan are kind of like in the same category of players. You know, have had Grand Slam success, are not part of the new big three, the new guard, but are still factoring into going deep into tournaments. So it's going to be a cool, interesting ATP situation in the next few years, I think. Mm-hmm. If we stick with the men, what have you enjoyed thus far? I mean, I started off talking about how I've watched a whole bunch of matches, but like what's caught your eye, at least on the men's side, the the first six days? Okay, I made you guess the last time on last week's episode, 
and it took you a couple of guesses to figure out who my women's pick was. <laughs> so I'm not going to make you guess. Okay. Because we only have an hour. <laughs> right. We try to keep to an hour just in case everyone's wondering. Yeah. And we're, we're good at it. Yeah. Um, I'd say that my favorite story is probably not a lot of people's favorite story, but I'm so digging Tommy Paul right now. Yeah. He's had three I- nice wins. Yeah, I'm feeling a Tommy Paul moment, and I'll tell you why. Number one... He's a model. Congrats. He's a model. <laughs> he's Gorge. Loves his girlfriend. Makes me a bit sad, but whatever. It's fine. Um, not that he loves his girlfriend, but that he's not gain available, just being honest. Gotcha. Um, but kudos to New Balance for putting him in a kit that is finally so cool to me. In that plaid short with the hot fuchsia pink... And then the contra- contrasting color, I think like this new balance kit is it. It's like everything for me. So love him for that. Um, I loved his defeat of Rublev. I think Rublev is in a bit of a funk right now, don't you think? I mean, he's lost to a couple of players that he re- he shouldn't really lose to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's struggled maybe a little bit the, the latter half of the season. Uh, maybe people are starting to figure him out. Um, he, as I mentioned during our week at the National Bank Open, he's the hardest hitter on the tour. So mm. that probably takes a lot out of a, a player. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, a, a nice win in three sets. Yeah. I mean, we saw Tommy's... Um, we saw how talented Tommy was when we watched him against Vashek at the BMO Open this summer. And, you know, even though he's won a couple of rounds at a few slams here and there, he really hasn't made any breakthrough. I don't think that you could classify his win over Rublev as like a major breakthrough because it's clearly not as consistent as he would have wanted his results to be all year. But I'm feeling him. I mean, of all of the names to appear in the men's draw in the, you know, fourth round and quarters i'm really feeling and living for a tommy paul moment right now yeah he beat uh lopez Mm -hmm. and then in second round (laughs) who did he defeat in the second round the guy whose name i always yeah Yeah. is a solid player beat him two and three and then rublev so who does he have uh in round four he plays Cam Nori, which is totally doable for him. Juicy. That's a like, juicy match. Like, totes doable. Totally juice. Mm-hmm. For me... What about you? For me, um, I mean, one of the matches of the tournament I just finished watching, which was Sverev <laughs> and, and Murray. And obviously, I loved the, the match before that, which we didn't necessarily get to talk about, which was Alcaraz and Murray. And... Mm. People have a lot of expectations uh, for Alcaraz. And I think there's just a level of control that Alcaraz needs to get in his mm-hmm. in his explosive play. Uh, yeah. Similar to another Canadian. <laughs> um, that if they can just sort of reel that in, um, they're going to, you know, be next level. Um so yeah, I think he he and you know Dennis, who you've talked about, and and Felix, you talked last week about there being this next tier of players who are going to be top players in a year. Yeah, uh, the Alcaraz, the Dennis, the Felix, they might still need another two years. 
Ooh, that's that's yikes. Alcaraz is still very young, but Dennis is 21, Felix is 20, and you know they both went out fairly early. Yeah, I think Alcaraz in 2021 is thinner in 2020. Like this time next year, I think Alcaraz is going to have won a whole slew of like 250, 500 level tournaments. Um, Andy Murray had big words for him. He said that, he said of Alcaraz, you're looking at a future number one player in the world. And that's coming from Andy Murray. So, you know, such so much respect for his opinion. I watched that match. Alcaraz played a phenomenal first set. I don't think that I've seen a better forehand on tour right now. That's why he gets so many... Um, he gets so many comparisons to another Spanish clay quarter, Rafa, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, but then in the second and third sets, I was like, girl, what, why are you trying that shot right now? Like, the execution of his, of his shots were just not, not good. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's the kind of tennis brain, the part of tennis that he needs to develop is his shot selection, especially when it comes to crucial moments. But, um... Yeah, I like I like Carlos. I like an Alcaraz moment as well. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the draw, and you said uh, Paul is going to play Cam Nori. Oh, yeah, that, that is right. I'm looking at something else. The oh. other um, the other stories I've been enjoying are twofold. Mm. You know, people have downplayed um, the you know five time uh, tournament winner this year. And the guy who is <laughs> the guy, <laughs> the guy who's <laughs> mostly known for clay, but picked up a hardcore title before Indian Wells, and that's Casper Rude. Mm-hmm. He had a very tough match uh, against the South African in three sets, and was able to turn that match around. He was, I think, being outplayed in that first set against Lloyd Harris, and won the second two six four six four. So I like that story. I think. It's nice to sort of see him emerge on a surface other than clay. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see uh, Karatsev um, sort of regaining some form. You know, I'd l- like any time I get to see those legs uh, again <laughs> on court. And before we hopped on, I think I said that that match with Dennis felt a lot like watching Tiafo and FAA at the at the US Open when we were hanging out at that restaurant in Montreal. So fast, quick, explosive, uh, but he was uh, more solid uh, in the end against Dennis. Yeah, and I, I still love Karatsev's um, cool, even icy demeanor. When he wins matches, you can't tell whether he's won or lost. He's just so chill about it. You know, and um, I just wanted to add in there. So, Daniil, number one seed, he is walking around the Indian Wells grounds like, <laughs> you guys think I'm not going to win this? Like, I like I like his vibe. I like that he's kind of really assuming the role of number one seed. Djokovic who, Nadal who, Federer who, like this is the kind of attitude that he needs to continue to build in order for him to exert some dominance. And it it forces everyone else to really step up, you know? So I, I, I'm feeling Daniil and his vibe this entire tournament. I appreciate all that you've just said, <clears throat> but I need to summarize what you actually meant. Um, okay, go. And I'm going to quote you verbatim. 
<laughs> Medvedev is giving that big dick energy. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's I what did you say said. that. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot I said that. A hundred percent. Yeah, he's giving me like like he's giving me BDE for sure. One hundred <laughs> 100% like don't even don't even look at me bro yeah. like come on man like when he was playing Krajanovic I don't know if you caught at the end of that first of all that was a master class of a performance in terms of um, just you know taking taking the round as it is and like playing such excellent defensive tennis you wouldn't expect anything less from Daniil right but Krajanovic's face <laughs> after match point was like he gave kind of like a pout like a, yeah, okay, I tried my best. And Daniel just looked like, did anyone ever think I was going to lose this? <laughs> so he totally is giving BDE and I'm here for it. Yeah. Amazing. It's, it's kind of like, you know, I'm really committed to my wife, but if I wanted, I could get your girl. Yeah. 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 Or Jason. <laughs> or me. <laughs> yes. Because we all, me, need a little bit more Daniel in our lives. <laughs> exactly yeah he's he's like you know we've been into him for a couple years now he's awesome cool to watch mm. love when he blows up love when he's colorful on the court but love mm-hmm. when he's just sort of goes through the motions love when he hits the 130 mile per hour second serves yeah doesn't he give you like andy murray vibes as well like i feel like they are very similar in their I mean, I don't want to, not really, they are, they are very similar in their personalities. They're outspoken, they're authentic, they say what they mean and they mean what they say. Um, they're both backboards and mm-hmm. they're both slam champions. <laughs> yeah, I would say Medvedev is a little bit cooler and calmer on the court mm. until yeah. until he's not. You know what I mean? Like he once he, you know, once he runs into that camp encore camera at the Cincinnati tournament, he wants that camera gone and he's going to tell the cameraman, he's going to tell the referee and the tournament organizers, get that camera out of here. Yeah. Or when he's playing on clay, he's like, what's wrong with his clay? Was that him? Yeah. No, that was joke. Was that him? I hate this surface. (laughs) I think that's what he said. What about her catch? She's sort of like quietly. I don't really care about oh, him, to be honest. Okay. It's not. Listen, it's not that I don't care about him, but like he's not a story for me to get excited about. You know, I saw the highlights against him and Francis. I thought maybe Francis would do a little something, something because he seemed to have such a great U.S. Open. But H squared. I'm gonna. I'm gonna christen him. He's H squared. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Hubert Hercash. Yeah. Oh, H okay, squared. gotcha. Okay. H times H. We're giving him uh, his future UTS moniker. There you go. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, he is pretty mathematical with his, like, you know, angles. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to make that analogy work, but whatever, it's failing. Yeah. Um, he's not uh, sort of as... He's not someone that you gravitate to immediately until you see mm-hmm. him sort of play so beautifully like he did against Federer at Wimbledon. Yeah, I mean, I will say the gays love him. I mean, they find him so attractive, and they just find that he would be the perfect boyfriend. Yeah, I can. He see gives that. that vibe. I can see that. Like he gives that. He gives Delpo. You know what I mean? Yeah. So not big dick energy. <laughs> I mean, yes, but in like a subtle way. Right. You know what I mean? Like like undercover. 
Yeah, like undercover BD. We'll cuddle you and then say, "You want it now?" <laughs> or just like just jam it in. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Uh huh. We've <laughs> we've we've gone down, we've, we've gone low. Yeah, that's okay. We're either going to alienate half of our audience and and gain like a whole new <laughs> and a whole new following. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the last thing. Um, before we move on to the ladies, Taylor yeah. Fritz beat Bertini today. Do you care? I, I was waiting for you to ask me that question. Not really. Okay. Great. I'm I'm happy for Taylor. I think the Americans are having no. I was that's a lie. I was gonna say the American <laughs> men were having a are having a great tournament, but by American men, it's only Taylor Fritz and Tommy Paul. I mean, Apelka lost. Yeah. Right. Isner withdrew. Nakashima lost in the first round. I think. Who else has is there? Queer, I don't Queer think any... was there. Tiafo was. Tiafo. Tiafo and Corda played, and and Tiafo beat him eleven four. Yeah, he got blitzed. So it's only uh, Tommy and Taylor T squared <laughs> <laughs> that are that are in the what is it? They're the they're in the fourth fourth round, round yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's good. It should be good. It's um, it's shaping up to be a nice round of sixteen. It looks like the only match that hasn't been set is Zverev's opponent. Ah, and what's that matchup? Who is that? Uh, Gael. Yes, Gael and Kevin Anderson. Okay, I like Gael. Yeah, and I like Kevin. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Ally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, we should say why Isner withdrew because he's having his third child oh is that why yeah. i didn't know yeah oh that's nice yeah G- a good reason to withdraw yeah so we should you know not like he flaked out he's having a kid now one thing i didn't know whether we were going to chance get a chance to cover this story but i'm just going to quickly slip it in there talking about slipping things in <laughs> um apelka apelka was interviewed i'm not sure whether you heard this but he said that indian wells is his least favorite tournament and, you know, he gave the setup in his answer by saying, listen, you have the perfect venue. You have tennis fans that are knowledgeable. I mean, people that live in that area are just tennis fanatics. It draws so many um, well-versed spectators. You've got the men's, the best in on the men's and the women's tours playing. But there are so many... Um, there are so many obligations in terms of sponsorship obligations that players have to fulfill. There's, he says that there's barely any time for practice, and it's his least favorite tournament. What do you think about that? Interesting. I didn't know about all of the obligations. Obviously, it's sort of a, a two-week thing. Players seem to arrive a bit early, so if they don't have matches, maybe there's some obligations in advance. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I haven't. I've only flown into California to fly out somewhere else, so I don't know much <laughs> about the area. It looks beautiful. They keep interviewing players and asking them why or um, how what it feels like to be back at Tennis Paradise, which I've found very annoying as they've continued to ask it over and over again. <laughs> so maybe he's annoyed by that. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you come to a tournament to win and to compete, and you know. <clears throat> a player like Opalco also wants to visit some art galleries mm. and not have all them commitments. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think 
it's kind of a bit of a dicey topic, but you know, you have to fulfill some sponsorship ob- obligations. They're the ones that are supporting the sport and trying to get it out there to for more eyes to see the, and more dollars to come in. But I mean, if you're there primarily because you want to win the tournament and you have no practice, that's problematic. So that's just tough nuggies for him mm-hmm. yeah. and the players. Yeah, and maybe the reason why Mugu lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your pick. <laughs> Well, I guess we should. That's a nice segue. Let's talk about your winner pick. I'm okay. I'm never going to make a pick again. I'm not. <laughs> I'm I'm literally I know maybe because of the nature of our podcast that <laughs> people will be interested in who we choose. It's probably a running joke with all of our spectators, our spectators, our <laughs> listeners when they are like, oh, here's Aldwin's pick. OK, don't jinx her. You know what I mean? But um. Yeah, Mugu flaked out. Who did she lose to again? She, she lost to Tom, lost Tom to Janovich. Tom Janovich. Yeah, yeah, she lost to Tom Janovich in three sets. Yeah. And the day after her birthday, so the narrative that I created in my head was A, I jinxed her. B, she had too much cake. And she was still, you know, reeling off those shots of tequila that she was probably having with Conchita Martinez <laughs> at their, you know, desert paradise home that they've rented. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about her game. What like it feels a bit one dimensional. Mm. Um, even though you know she's won nine titles or ten something like that, two slams made a the Aussie Open final in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Like, is there things that she could do to improve her game? Like, I feel like there is I don't want to answer the question I'm asking you but <laughs> <laughs> um she can start by getting the ball in the court how about that fair I think she had, yeah I was watching I watched the whole match and I think she had like 40 unforced errors yeah like you know I think especially with Barty's success this year Barty's style of game where she can pretty much do anything and hit every shot is the game that is taking women's tennis to the next level. I mean, women's tennis for a long time, and Gus, will, Gus, our listener and friend in Montreal, will kind of back us up on this, but Gus has always been frustrated with women's tennis because it's been so one-dimensional for so many years. It's all about like hitting the ball hard and taking it early and just hitting winners. And I don't think that... I think that women are starting to become better at dealing with those types of one-dimensional games and when you kind of saturate the tour with these one-dimensional players then they're just going to end up beating each other and it's the ones that have the variety that are going to rise to the top so Mugu's got to do something different she could try coming to the net Mm -hmm. tbh yeah she could hit some slices she could hit some drop shots she is not comfortable at the net so she could work uh, a bit on that yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. But at the same time, mm. there's players like Bianca Andreescu who have all the variety in the world yes. and people are figuring her out. Okay. Comment. <laughs> I knew we were going to talk about her. We've been really hard on her. Okay. Hard on her slash reporting the truth. Okay. Now, <laughs> this turn... <laughs> okay. Okay. I got Okay, this tournament, uh, why am I talking like this? Okay, let me just reset for a second. I am really proud of the way that Bianca's played in this tournament because 
you could see that this tournament for her, especially in her first round win against Allison Risk, she was really more mindful and intentionable about employing more, more of her variety. The one shot I really liked that she used over and over again against Annette Contevite that was working for her. You know how uh, BB does those really loopy high forehands just to kind of um, get her back into the point. Yeah, reset. Then she reset, mix her, mix in a slice, come to the net. I think that she's becoming more comfortable with that again, and it's just a matter of time for her to really um, perfect that. And so even like, listen, she played against Annette. I think she's won like two tournaments back to back. She won Chicago. And then the week before that, Ostrava. she won Ostrava, right? That's right. Chicago and Ostrava. Yeah, she won so the Bong trophy. <laughs> <laughs> well, she definitely didn't smoke any splits no, she's that doing, day. She's doing good. <laughs> <laughs> she's doing real good. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was just, BB was playing an informed player. Yeah. And it just takes a little bit more practice. But I'm really proud of her. I'm happy with her performance. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, there, to some extent, people are, are sort of figuring out BB's game. Like, she is heavy on both sides. She will reset the point with those loopy balls she'll try and chip and uh or drop shot and cut and charge um in the match against contivate the conditions were not good it was hella <laughs> hella windy and contivate figured it out a little bit better i think i think the conditions were a factor for bb and by the time she uh adjusted towards the end of the match it was a little bit too late yeah, I think I think she can take that loss in a positive way, though. Yeah, you know, like her other losses where she flamed out and just overhit the ball and just was spastic on every possible shot trying to hit winners. That like that's you know you really have to kind of go back to the drawing board. But she was doing all of the right things. She just wasn't executing them as well as she could have. So you know, a step in the right direction for for BB this tournament. Yeah, I wonder. I haven't checked the live ranking, but I know she's the defending champion, obviously, two and a half years uh, on. So yeah. she had already dropped in her ranking to, I don't know, 20. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if the, the live ranking, she will have lost a lot of points. And we're definitely going to do that episode at some point. <laughs> where we talk. That makes me that makes me really nervous. <laughs> we'll have an expert on to we'll probe them. Speaking okay. of probing, uh, <laughs> with lots of questions so that we can come to understand and the audience can learn with us. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I think Russell's a good person to ask. Russell's a very, ra- our friend Russell. Russell seems to know the point system, how points drop off after X amount of months or whatnot. So, you know, we'll put the fire under his bum to like really know that point system inside out and then we'll invite him on the yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Kevin was one too. Because we were having yeah. a whole discussion and they were both in our chat describing it to us. And yeah. We were just we like, were like, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, there's been a couple of, I guess, notable, I mean, maybe they're surprise defeats uh coco goff lost to paula but paula badosa mm-hmm. and then paula B. krajikova yeah badosa killed goff didn't she two and like two. one and one two and two yeah. 
That's that's surprising to me. That's a really surprising. I didn't watch that match, so I'm curious to know what happened there. Yeah, I didn't watch that match either. Um, but hopefully, mm-hmm. her and our other girl will continue on in the dubs. Oh yeah, I know Layla. Should we talk about her now? Let's just do it. Yeah, I think the best way to introduce Layla into our show today is we messaged her on our IG. <laughs> and um, just to keep me real, everyone, we're not doing this to name dropper. Okay, maybe a little bit to name drop. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, whenever she has a win or whenever she has a loss, we want to let her know that we're still supporting her. And, you know, now that she's amassed, what is she at now? She must be at like 15,000 followers. 315,000 followers. When we interviewed her, she had like 10. Yeah. Something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And she still takes the time to, you know, send us these lovely messages back. Um, we're, again, you know, where Radu Kanu couldn't live up to the expectation, I think that our girl Layla really showed that she can. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, she she lost in a tight one against Shelby Rogers today. But like you and I say all the time, it was a point here or there. It could have been Layla, honestly, in the in that quarter. I think it would have advanced her to the quarter, right? Yep. But um, I think that she just did so phenomenally well. Like the Pavlyuchenko match showed her grit. Um, who did she play in the first round? She played. Oh, who did she play there? Who was it? She played, um, I'm blanking. I am too. That's so rude of us. <laughs> we did congratulate her after that match too. Um, Corne. Oh, that's right. Alize. Yeah. Alize. And Corne beat Andrescu at Wimbledon. Yeah. Yeah. Full circle Canadian revenge. What are you feeling about Layla's game? Like, obviously, we've been following her throughout the season i have Mm -hmm. a few observations but wondered your thoughts um not only now that we've seen her um at the u.s open but following that up with these two wins and this awesome match today in in the loss against shelbs you how she's how she's playing um I think the one note that I had watching her matches at Indian Wells, well, no, a couple notes. A, she's fast as fuck. She is fast, you know, and she plays, she she plays defense to offense really well. She's an excellent defensive player, um, and honestly, she was doing all of the same things that brought her success at the U.S. Open at Indian Wells. Um, the one thing that I really liked about her game that I noticed in particular was that she takes such a short backswing on her forehand that I think it's hard for people to figure out where she's going to hit that ball. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, unlike me, that's like Sibolkova on that forehand. <laughs> Russell, I know you're laughing at home. It's like a full windmill, full windmill <laughs> motion, 97 different movements for that one fucking forehand. <laughs> Layla is literally like short backswing and then, you know, quick accelerated follow through. And I think it's hard for players to gauge where she's going to hit it so that's why she likes to dictate on that side Mm -hmm. so yeah i really love and i think most of all she is she looks like she's in it to win it i know that's like such an overused expression but when you compare her just face and her her character on court with that of Emma Raducanu in her lost again in her loss against sasnovich you could tell that layla was in it even if she was down 
and behind, she was going to win that match. But I don't know. Yeah. Emma just looked lost to me. Yeah. Keeping it with Layla for a second, you are absolutely correct. She mm. understands the geometry of the court really mm-hmm. well. She knows where she's going to hit the ball, I would say, like 95% of the time. Her ability to redirect the ball is like hella impressive and her ability to pick up the the low balls off the court and and make an aggressive shot is mm-hmm. is impressive as well like i think earlier in the season i used to watch her matches and be like oh i'm not so sure if those balls are going to go in or like they're going to hit the net or go long and i don't feel that way when i watch her matches anymore mm-hmm. um yeah, and the like you've said in your comparison, the confidence is always there yeah. despite being down in a match or despite being down break points. Like she's always fighting and thinking, and that was clearly um, on display when you watched her, and then you watched the the loss of Emma. Yeah, there was a point that she played against Shelby Rogers where she literally was basically sitting on the court. Layla got so low for those balls that if I was the one in Layla's position, I would not be able to get up because my (laughs) 39 year old ass with the creaky, well, less creaky than yours, but still creaking, creaky knees. The thought of crouching that low for a shot makes me just want to cry because I don't know that I would be able to get up again. (laughs) She Rod wants got it. She curbed it. She did. And I like that. She's just so committed. Do you want to say more about Emma? I think we have a little bit more to to talk about there. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'm going to I'm going to start off by asking you a question. What did you really think that Emma was going to do? I mean, if you paid any thought to it at all at Indian Wells. I mean, I clued into the match. I wanted to watch it. I wanted to see how she would do she had zero expectations going into the u.s open and suddenly wins it wins 10 straight matches doesn't drop a set i don't think she even had a tie break lost no more than five games and then suddenly she comes in and she's the 17th seed after being 100 and whatever uh in the world so she comes in with expectations she comes in as a favorite uh in that second round match Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I expected that she would play well. I would expect that she would be hitting the ball in the same way, um, placing that serve and having confidence. And you kind of saw zero of that. Zero confidence. I mean, her body language just told it all to me. She looked worried. She looked like she had a lot of pressure on her shoulders. And, you know, just to remind everyone, she is still so young and she spoke publicly about why she had to withdraw from her Wimbledon match because she was having those breathing problems, perhaps exacerbated by pressure and anxiety and whatnot. So, you know, I thought that I didn't think that Emma was going to win Indian Wells, but I thought the girl was going to roll through a couple of rounds, maybe have a good win under her belt to give her some more confidence. Um, But yeah, you just automatically think about someone like Naomi Osaka, who obviously has taken a break for her own mental health. Um, 
you know, Raducanu on losing to Sasnovich said, I don't know where she said it, but it was picked up by the media and just kind of like um, reverberated through the tennis universe. She had cut her coach three weeks after the U.S. Open, Andrew Richardson, and she said, you know, looking for a new coach, you guys know where to find me if you want to get into contact with me. So, yeah, she's looking, hmm. she's looking for a new coach, and it just makes you... It, for me, it makes me hope that she's got a solid team of people that are around her, that are supporting her, and that are that are truly vested in her mental health, especially after coming off of a U.S. Open championship. You know? Yeah. I mean, it is a surprise decision to make after having such success. And I think you, you're the one who said that... Um, she wanted to find a coach that has a bit more experience on the tour, but mm-hmm. don't you want to, you know, maybe see how much more you can progress out of somebody who just was with you as you won 10 straight matches and were the first, you know, qualifier to win a Grand Slam? Yeah, it makes me wonder. I mean, how old is she? She's 18, right? 18. She's 18. And so who in her circle is like her closest confidant that kind of whispers in her ear in her ear and advises her, hey girl, I think this is what you should do. You know, we spoke offline and I think it's important to note, like anytime you've ever seen a successful young female player on tour, you think about Monica Seles, Steffi, Martina Hingis. Serena Williams, Venus Williams, and now more more recently, Layla, they all have the common thread of having a strong parental figure, someone there to protect them and say, no, it's enough. No more of those questions. No, babe, maybe you should keep your coach. I think it's a good idea if you do this. So you just hope that she has a really strong figure in that team that's really, you know, really looking out for her her mental health. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And her best interest and not sort of taking her in a different direction that's away from what is getting her to the dance which is the tennis yeah yeah i mean you don't want to suddenly see her i mean we've seen her on spreads in vogue like she's been she's been invited to do all of these spreads in vogue which i guess to some degree are important to like increase your profile but you know, I'd be weary about all of that frou-frou extra stuff. Yeah. You know? I mean, another player that we might name drop that we have interviewed was Victoria Azarenka. And I remember mm-hmm. very specifically in her interview that when she was younger, she was having all of this success. She was winning titles. She was winning, you know, the Aussie Open two years in a row, 2012 and 2013. And she said that was her least happy time. Mm -hmm. And she feels, you know, now that she has a son and she's more grounded and um, has sort of established things outside of tennis, she feels happier. And, you know, I think that was part of what led to her success after all of the turmoil of what was going on in her personal life with custody and whatnot. And, you know, now she's in the quarterfinals again of Indian Wells. Yeah, talk about someone that we haven't really chatted about in a while. But, you know, I'm happy for Vika. She had a good win over Petra. Good win over Petra. And then she beat Sasnovich, who was the one who took out Emma and who's the one who took out Halep. Yeah. So what was that score? And I looked at it briefly before we started. Vika beat her three and four. 
Nice. Okay, that's that's good. Happy for Vika. Mm-hmm. And she's going up against Pagula, who like decimated Svitolina oh, oh today. God. What the hell happened there? <laughs> Pagula was on fire. She was. I watched that match. Like I caught it in between. Um, like on my on my prep <laughs> at school. Um, she was just cranking the ball. Svitolina, who's your typical backboard off balance, um, couldn't really do anything today. And JPEG just kind of ripped through her like a linebacker on the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> <laughs> a plug. For, for those of you that don't get that reference. Yeah. Her dad owns the Buffalo Bills and <laughs> the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah. So lots of money there. Um, <laughs> the other quarterfinal in the bottom half is, I guess, somewhat surprising, but another player who is playing well, but some people find obnoxious and annoying which is elena (laughs) (laughs) ostapenko did you see that match against i did not i did i'm just seeing it now i did not know that iga lost you know it was one of those matches where both of them are playing so well like when you look at the scoreline six four six three you're like oh wow that was kind of a wash especially if you are one of you one of the players is a where both of them are French Open champions, actually, huh. right? So you wouldn't, you'd see that scoreline be like, oh man, Shriatek probably did not have a good day and Ostapenko had an awesome day. But they were o- both pl- playing actually really well and the breaks only happened at the end of the set. Like at four all, it was one of those situations. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. I mean, do I have more to say about Ostapenko? Not really. <laughs> Not really. I mean, I like her earrings. She's got nice earrings. I don't love her. Yeah. She's not I'm not a fan. Yeah, I mean, I think there's um there's more I think f- for her to be desirable to tennis fans. Um hmm. I mean, I think anybody who watched her French Open run was probably mesmerized in the same way we were all mesmerized when Ego won the French Open. And now we're a bit we're getting to that place of being underwhelmed, maybe a little bit with Iga. Although Iga destroyed Kurtomatova the match prior. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's why it was so surprising. Just going back to Ostapenko's run. For the record, I was not mesmerized. Actually, every single round that she won, first of all, I was like, "How did she win?" <laughs> Number one. And then as she drew closer to the final, I'm like, "Someone take her out." Because if she ends up winning the French Open, I officially quit tennis. (laughs) But you've played four years after that. I know. I just realized that was an unreasonable thing for me to say. (laughs) (laughs) But um, the way she bounced back in that final. Anyway, we're digressing, I guess, a little bit. But uh, the women's quarterfinals are, I think, oh, no. We're still in the round of 16 with some of these. Anyway, Question for you. Yeah. Number one seed. You remember who she was? Yeah, Pliskova. Lost to Haddad Maya, Brazilian player. Do you, A, do you care? B, if you do care, what do you have to say? (laughs) So a couple, a few months ago, I would have said that I care a little bit less. But I think she's endeared herself a little bit more as the season has gone on. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, not enough for me to have caught one of her matches, or, <laughs> or her loss. Ah, yeah. 
Uh, I think it's just the way the scheduling worked. I watched other matches and not hers, so unfortunately she didn't make it far enough for me to watch her. I watched her match only out of guilt for never having watched one of her (laughs) matches. Okay, first of all, that's a lie. I have watched her matches, but you know, you want to give respect to the top seeds. It's easy for us to give respect to Daniil. He's entertaining to watch and plays such beautiful and interesting tennis. BDE. Yeah, Pliskova. I don't. I, if Pliskova plays someone interesting, I'm into that match. But if I'm if she's playing someone that's not interesting, like Ostapenko, I am tapped out. I'm not watching that match. I mean, like. Pliskova has more variety than Muguruza, but for whatever reason, there's nothing about her game that is such a draw for me. Like, do I want to watch her hit six inside-out forehands in a row? No. Do I want to see her stiff service erect motion? Not really. (laughs) Stiff service erect motion. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'd rather watch her sister, actually, Christina, because she's the lefty. And she's cool. Not to say that... You know, I take that back. Imagine she's on the show. She's like, remember when you said I wasn't cool? (laughs) Yeah, she's going to play it back for us. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, hey, guys, guess what I have? I have something to play for you. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, anyway, I'm just I'm also not a fan, but I respect the fact that she's number one and watched her match. Gotcha. That's it. And watched her lose. Yeah. Dare we in the last couple minutes. Gander. Gander. Uh, <laughs> pick winners. Oh, you're not going to make me do no, that. No, we don't again. have to. We don't have to. It's fine. Danielle. I told you. Angebar. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you okay? I I mean I'm not against that. I'm going to pick a men's winner. I'm not going to pick a women's winner. Okay. If anyone wants to find out my women's winner, I will send you a DM privately. <laughs> okay. How about that? Because I do. I'm tired of jinxing players that I really like. Yeah. So I'm not going to. Put that into the into the ether. tennis, into the ether, into the tennis verse. Yeah. So I'm going to say my winner on the men's side is Tommy Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, amazing. <laughs> I mean, he's already a winner in that kit. Let's be honest. Yes. He looks amazing. Um, and my winner on the women's side is going to be under lock and key. And if you really want to know, you can message us on our IG. All right. Well, you'll have to reveal it to me just so that I know whether it came true when we record our rap episode. I'll tell you offline. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, I don't know if I'm going to pick Anjabor. I mean, I sort of fast forwarded through that Pagula match and she's on fire. She's got a match against Azarenka, though, so we'll see. She's good. Yeah, <laughs> she's good. Im- Imagine her. One of our episodes is just like, oh, he's good. Yeah, <laughs> she's great. <laughs> yeah, people tune in for an hour long, and we're just saying, oh my god, they're good. Yeah, so be- to become a Patreon member, <laughs> <laughs> Angie Kerber, good. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we're gonna record again when this tourney is over the last 1000 on the ladies side and i think the second last on the men's side what's after indian wells i believe the paris the the paris indoors for the men 
their um, scene. Yeah, and there's no 1,000 left for the women's. This is it. You know what that means, right? I don't. <laughs> it means that since the women's season is winding down, all you ladies players... Come on best show. be Best be ready for a barrage of DMs. <laughs> yeah. From yours truly, Jason and I... Because we're just going to want to get all of the interviews to see how your 2021 season went. Yeah, we want to know from you, Mooks, whether Aldwin picking you for the title win repeatedly is jinxing you. Every, every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to utter her name again. Um, Arena. when you said on your IG Live that you may come on one day... Let <laughs> let that one day be today. I mean, not today. Not today, but like in a couple of days. I mean, imagine she did DM and it was like, okay, guys, I heard... <laughs> How could she have possibly heard this episode? <laughs> but tomorrow she listens to it and she's like, guys, I'm ready. I, like, what uh, snafu that would be for us. We'd be like, oh my God, we have to think of questions. <laughs> <laughs> we did, that did happen to us. It was uh, Victoria Azarenka. It was Vika. Mm-hmm. It was Vika. Hi, Becca. <laughs> Becca. Hi, just wanted to say hi to Becca. Hi, Becca. We wished. Gotcha. We want. We we wished her a happy Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she said thanks, guys. Yeah, it's very sweet. We we're connected to all the players we've interviewed. Yeah, come on now. Yeah, we should have a Ready Play Tennis po- podcast party oh. and invite all of the players. Like a virtual party. Mm. No, like with when... with drinks. Yeah, it has to be with a beverage. Yeah. What one other player would you want to add to that list? Ah. Gosh, that's male male or female? I mean, to even it out a little bit, I think we need <clears throat> one more male player. Um, Marcos Marcus Giron. Oh, okay. Because of that ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're doing that, I would pick Tiafo for the same reason. Uh, and because he looks super fun. Yeah, you're right. Tiafo would be a great interview. Yeah. I agree. I love that moment where he was running t- to the net to, to hit that drop shot <laughs> and he hugged that ball kid. That was cute. Yeah, he's a showman. Love that. Speaking of the ball kids, uh, I remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we go. This is funny. (laughs) I texted Aldwin earlier this week. I said, you should watch these ball kids because they're they're, um, getting them balls at a paradise pace. Meaning they are MF and slow. (laughs) Are they ball kids or? They're ball adults. I was going to say that. I don't think they really have ball kids anymore in the States, do they? No, I think they're all adults. (laughs) (laughs) But like, what is up when you watch some of these other tournaments, they move hella fast. They're just like moseying on, like they're, they're checking their phone. They're like reading a book. (laughs) It's, it's the, it's the vibe. Yeah. It's the West coast. Like you said, paradise vibe. Yeah. Like, I'm going to mosey on over and pick up this ball. I don't care if it's 30 <laughs> seconds on the clock or whatever it is. Maybe the interviewer should say, hey, guys, what does it feel like to be a ball kid in tennis paradise? Or sorry, a badalt. <laughs> <laughs> we have digressed way too far. Uh, I like it, though. Yeah, it's fun. You know, maybe we should do more of this. It's not riffing. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to riff 
next week and then the week after for our our little special pre-recorded episode which i'm really excited about now yeah it'll be fun all right enjoy uh the rest of indian wells and you won't hear aldwin's pick and whether it came true (laughs) on the lady side until you listen next week oh yeah am i gonna i should reveal my pick next week yeah you you've already said you're not going to so don't ruin it i'm just gonna reveal who the winner was (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna just reveal that my pick was the winner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that that'll get us more listeners. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. We're here for your tennis tainment or your tentertainment or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five-star review and like, share, and subscribe and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast.